On this week's episode, we discuss the complicated relationship between Sue Storm and Reed Richards, the exciting new rides coming to Disney World, and the crazy amount of water in Aquaman. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. As always, I am T, here with Chris. Welcome to the first Friday after Christmas. Whoop whoop! Hooray, hooray. Post-Christmas, I hope you got everything that you wanted. I hope if you were sick that you've been healed, and I hope that your food coma has subsided. (laughs) And I hope, for everyone's benefit, that there are still Christmas cookies left. Because there's nothing better than Christmas cookies. It's true. We still have a few left. Barely. Barely. Just barely. We're in the dregs. Yeah. It's a little sad. It's an ongoing sadness of trying to decide whether the in-between of Christmas to New Year's, you're still allowed to make Christmas cookies or not. Because I will make you another just make batch. make them all year, you know? Just make them all year long. No, you cannot justify those calories after January 1. But <laughs> there is the question of can you justify them between December 26th and January 1? Fair. Yeah. Anyway, aren't we supposed to talk about comics or something? Something, yeah. Cool. I mean, there's not really... It's a weird week. It's a weird, weird week, you week. guys. Not really a whole lot of comics. Um, I personally... I don't know. I, I didn't really read anything I'm even concerned about discussing. I um, I read the new Superior Spider-Man. It was okay. Missable, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, I, I wasn't really impressed. Well, that's kind of sad. Um, I read parts of the new X-Force, but deemed it not really interesting enough to make me pick up so Hmm. and i read the fantastic four wedding issue which was just another big puffy cash-in issue in my opinion it was okay it was it had its cute moments um but it was literally it's kind of they did a wedding special issue like a few weeks ago and it was about like them getting like ben Grimm wanted to get alicia's father's permission to marry her and stuff and like so it was like wedding prep and then the bachelorette party and then this issue was wedding prep and the bachelor party and the wedding and so it just i don't know it was like felt too stretched i guess i think i think this issue would have been better if it was just like hey here's the wedding but they wanted so hard to set up this whole like reads a dick but not a dick kind no, of thing. He... And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I-, I wasn't wowed by anything on the shelf this week, I guess. I thought the Fantastic Four issue was cute. I didn't have a chance to read the previous like wedding prep issue, mm-hmm. but I did read this one, and I thought it was enjoyable. But the problem is is that... So they do set up this whole like reads an asshole thing the whole time, but the result and his quote-unquote... like redemption is not enough in my opinion yeah, not really that to great. counteract how much of a total douche he is throughout the entirety of this mm-hmm. book. There mm-hmm. are plenty of cute moments in my opinion. There's a part at a bachelorette party, it's precious, and there's some really tongue-in-cheek stuff about like weird previous things in Fantastic Four history that they drop about like, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny Storm was engaged to a scroll <coughs> of Alicia. I liked and... that. I liked that they were very self-aware. <laughs> yeah, and so that sort of, like, name-dropping stuff, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But overall, I just still found myself kind of annoyed. Believe it or not, mostly it's Sue Storm because I'm like, Sue, you're an amazing lady. Stop settling for Reed. Mm -hmm. He's just a prick. Like, I get it. You're in it for the kids, but like, stop. Mm -hmm. Like, like. He needs you to learn. You in danger, girl. Yeah, he yeah. needs to learn to earn your love, and he is not. And you need to you need to put your foot down, Sue. That's always been. I don't know how long I'm gonna keep up with the Fantastic Four series because I've always had like a major issue because I feel like so many of their stories just kind of recycle the same kind of stale things, and it's always what happened in this issue. It's like reads an ass, reads an ass, reads an ass. And then he redeems himself with everybody in not really that great of a way. Like, he, one of the big, you know, Reed Sue falling outs that I've seen was, like, during the whole Civil War thing. You know, the Fantastic Four was originally on Team Iron Man, like, all of them. Right. And, because they were registered, everyone knew their secret identities. They didn't right. really have much going for them um, to, like, hide from the law. And he reads whole hand in that side was super dickish. He designed this horrid prison for, you know, the super villains and superheroes that were captured. That's in like another dimension where you can't feel happiness. And like he, they cloned Thor and that clone ended up like Android or clone or whatever ended up killing a superhero in a fight like, just diving through this giant guy's chest. And so all that kind of culminated, and Sue kept coming to Reed, like, hey, we need to tone it down, we need to tone it down. And Reed was just, like, straight up in his, like, I need to devise better ways to be an ass. And (laughs) she left him, and then he eventually, everyone just kind of, like, gets over it. And so she comes back, and I feel like that's always, like, how it goes. He does these, like really rough things or ignores his family and then he's like hey but i learned how to clone your favorite flowers there are some a handful of incredibly smart scientists in the marvel universe Mm -hmm. and the one that often gets shit on the most which is i do it too because he's horrible is hank pym because historically in a previous storyline hank pym hit his wife, Janet Van Dyne, yeah. a la the Wasp. Yeah. And it's a huge deal, and everybody still talks about it. It's a bad thing, and he's, you know, he is ostracized as he should be. However, people don't talk about how all of the smart people, like the smart three, you know, Tony Stark, Reed Richards, Hank Pym, they're all douchebags. And frankly, mm-hmm. Reed is abusive too. He just doesn't lay his hands on Sue. Mm-hmm. But he he's is just... emotionally and manipulatively abusive. He's... And it yeah. sucks. Like, Sue is an incredible character and a strong, powerful woman and very smart. And I feel like she just consistently gets abused by Reed and it's annoying because now they made Sue and Reed's daughter the quote-unquote smart one of the children, Mm -hmm. so she bonds with daddy, and so now it's okay, it's okay, she's doing it too. It's not okay. And Sue shouldn't let her daughter be growing into that. That's why I'll always prefer the ultimate version where Reed actually turns into, like, a supervillain. He's got it in him. Um, But yeah, that was it for this week. And if you are wondering why we said it's a weird week... Marvel had only four books hit the shelf 
Um, DC had no books hit the shelf. There was like one or like one boom book, one IDW book, one dark horse book, I think. Um, like two image, right? And yeah, like two image books. And that was it. The only other book I read this week isn't technically even a comic book was the fourth issue of Maneaters, mm-hmm. which was actually set up to be an issue of a fictional magazine called Catfight. <laughs> I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but they go through great lengths to make this as genuine and as if you were picking it up at the cashier line at Publix. Oh, and nice. it's, it's really cool. Like they have fake ads and the stories are interesting and That's weird cool. and silly and kind of stupid, but great. And I just really appreciate how dedicated Chelsea Kane is to making this world feel like a real world, but also the most absurd world you could imagine. Yeah. It's like this bizarre line, which I think is interesting because it kind of parallels our real world because sometimes things are happening in, you know, our real life with the advancement of technology and with politics right now. And things are so bizarre that you're kind of like, I can't believe this is actually happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And it kind of it kind of parallels that in this. So I would pick it up, even if you haven't caught up with one through three. Four is really fun, and it's a good way to get a taste for the flavor of the book. Yeah, just a nice interlude from the story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always think that's cool when stories do like a weird like offshoot. Yeah, you know I mean? agreed. It, it keeps things oh, interesting. Fun. It yeah. keeps the pace up. So. And that's it. That's all our comics. <laughs> that's all. That's all we got. It's like all she wrote. Literally. It was, also, it was also kind of a thin news week, really. Like, there wasn't a whole lot I saw that was too overly noteworthy. Yeah, I only you have know? a couple things. Um, like? the So, Spider-Man PS4 just became the fastest selling superhero game of all time, which I is kind that. of a big deal. Because yeah. A, it's an exclusive, and B, that means it beat out the Batman Arkham games and Injustice. Well, and the original Spider-Man games, which are like classics. classics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of insane, but it is... That's awesome. It is I, uh, going strong. I love that game. I have had the most recent DLC I have qualms with, because I felt like they didn't really know how to make the combat elements more creative, so they just made them more difficult particularly there's one part where you're on a roof and it's just it's loading up bad guys wave after wave of bad guys that literally just if you miss one dodge you're gonna take like five different hits that do really high damage and i don't know not a fan of that i'm not a fan of when games don't know how to like instead of instead of like new creative bad guys with new creative things they either like remove your gameplay mechanics so like oh all of a sudden they did that a little bit like webbing was less effective in the third dlc because they all had this like power armor and so it's like you remove a game mechanic or you just like load on bad guys that's always my uh, first person shooters are really bad about that in lieu of like a creative boss fight or some sort of puzzling challenge the like last level will just be like swarms of baddies. Yeah. And it's like that's not that's not creative gameplay in my opinion. But um otherwise game's perfect. Voice acting is great. It's just so joyful swinging through the city and like stopping crimes and quipping and then moving on. And uh, I love all the costumes and they added the Raimi costume, the Sam Raimi movies. Yeah. 
costume after fans were like livid that it wasn't getting added. <laughs> and um, I think that's that's awesome too that they were willing to do that. That they were willing to say, "Hey, fans really freaking want this costume. Let's put it in there." And um, it shows that the developer actually cares what the player thinks instead of just what's going to make the money because yeah. having the Raimi suit doesn't make you money and somebody had to get paid to, you know, do the code for that. Yeah. But so. it, it satisfies the fans. So that's a big deal. And it's I like cool. when they do that. But yeah, I'm happy to hear that it's doing well. I want more. I want them to make more games and more DLC. Um, and there's and a few more. I mean, Marvel's really excited with how well it's doing. And now, you know, we've had the new Ultimate Alliance announced for Switch. True. Which, Gotta get a Switch. Guess we're getting a Switch because <laughs> I can't not Gots have that. to get my Switch. Um, and there's another Avengers game from Rocksteady announced that we're supposed to get some talk about nice. later. Whatever happened with that Ubisoft? Or was it Square Enix? Was it Square Enix? Somebody Maybe. was doing like a had like a Marvel deal that they announced with like a weird teaser trailer of like, you know, Iron Man's helmet all destroyed and Captain America's shield all destroyed. That might have been the Rocksteady one. I don't think it was Rocksteady. I mean, Rocksteady, I'm excited to do more superhero stuff because I love their stuff. But, yeah, because it's great. Um, but yeah, it was it was either Ubisoft or Square Enix. I can't remember which I one. think it was Square Enix, I think it was Square and I Enix. feel like it's DOA. They had like an Avengers title they were going to do, and then it's been like, two or three years now and it's nowhere to be anyway it's um, joined the pile of the half-lifes i <laughs> i really want more people to do more superhero games that aren't mobile games and aren't like like i love ultimate alliance but you know i don't want 50 ultimate alliances like i want like i do <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like i want the games where you're actually like in that person's body absolutely using that person's powers not just like looking down on them and hitting buttons to where they do powers you know and there's a bunch of different types of games you could get involved um but like the like the arkham games and hopefully the upcoming superman rocksteady game and the spider-man game we need more like that like it's just they're so good and especially i like how marvel approached this one by making it its own universe building this game as if it was the first entry in the marvel VU, like the VGU, the video game universe, yeah. is really cool. Because now they could like create a whole new cinematic universe, quote unquote, in video games yep. with its own stories and its own history and its own take on like Thanos and its own take on like Galactus and you get all these people and all these things that they're having trouble working in the movies like Fantastic Four and the X-Men it's easier to work those into the video games because yep. there's a lot less licensing going on now that they own those companies or they have deals with those companies, yeah. you know, like we could actually get a Spider-Man game with the Spider-Man that we know and love from this one with a Venom that they develop that we know and love, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, As opposed true. to the movies where we might never see Venom and Spider-Man together on screen because of licensing BS. Well, you know? and I, I mean, it's a smart move on Marvel's part because building another universe means that's another universe you get to tap into in your other IPs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they've already introduced well, yeah, the Spider-Man um, PS4 characters into comics. Well, yeah, the well, the previews for this week, so for the books coming out in March, I think, previews for that has a, they're doing a miniseries on PS Spider-Man. That's called, awesome. It's called, like, 
I don't know. It's like Spider-Man colon something. I didn't well, look at it Well, I need much, more but. PS4 Mary Jane because mm-hmm. she, is, she is amazing and she is what Mary Jane always should have been and it's about damn time. Yeah. Anywho. Got uh, anything else? Yeah, the only other news I had. What else I is had, happening? Um, so Disney World released a video on Christmas um, previewing Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is their world they're opening up in Disneyland and Disney World. Um, Christmas. Christmas. And it was our Christmas present. Christmas. And they showed previews of two rides. One, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, where we're actually going to be on the Millennium Falcon. And Are we going to be smuggling and running? I'm guessing so. Mm. It looks pretty mm. sick, though, because you're actually, like, in the cockpit, and you get roles, so you're either, like, a pilot, a gunner, or, like, a navigation. Oh, cool. So it's like, so, yeah, it's like the Mission Space Yeah, thing. it's like Mission yeah, Space, yeah. but Star Wars. That's cool. Which is pretty I like dope. I got yeah, it. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm going to have to be fighting people, because obviously I need to be on the gun. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Don't be a cocky kid. I'm going to be kicking four-year-olds out of their seats so that I can be a gunner. Um, that's how he got kicked out of Disney World. Um, Again. Shut up. <laughs> Don't tell people my secret. And the other ride is called Rise of the Resistance, where apparently you become a part of the Resistance, and it's, quote-unquote, their most immersive ride, which to me says... They acknowledge that they are behind Harry Potter world and it's time to throw down the gauntlet. Nice. Um, And so at the end, you actually like fight Kylo Ren and it's all a thing. Um, And that that, looks pretty cool too. That Harry Potter ride makes me sick. (laughs) Yeah. It makes me so sick. Well, and the thing that I am mostly excited about for this is just going into the world because they've been talking about that when you go in there, it's one of those moments where it hits you. And I mean, I'm a Harry Potter fan, so the first time I went to Universal and walked into Harry Potter World, I bawled like a little girl, because it's literally like walking into a book that you've grown up with. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And so then, to have that also translate into Star Wars, which, while I love the Harry Potter books, I am much more invested through a lot of different avenues, whether it's RPGs, or comics, or movies... You know, I am much more invested in the Star Wars universe than I am the Harry Potter universe, so I can only assume that when I walk into this room, I'm going to just be incapacitated for, like, an hour. Mm -hmm. Just leave me at a cafe and just walk away. I'll be crying into blue milk. It'll be cool to see them do... Because Disney hasn't really, to my knowledge... I mean, they have the Avatar place, but who the F cares? And (laughs) It's pretty, don't get us wrong. You know... It's it's more jungle in a jungle park, y'all. Um, oh, they got floating rocks in this jungle. Cool. Where's Fern Gully? Um, and uh, you know they just added the Toy Story Land thing, but for the most part, their theming of their parks has always been very like general. Very you neutral. Know? It's like this is. Disney, like, Magic Kingdom has its different lands. Like, this is Frontierland, and this is Future World and stuff. And so it's like, you know, those all fit that theme, but they're not very specific to, like, an IP. They're also not and, very immersive, because even the areas like the Muppet area has Muppety well, stuff, but it's not, like, immersive. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's just a general theme. Like, Hollywood Studios has areas based off of different places where, you know, films are made so they have like an la area and they have like a 
like a New York area and stuff. And even though there's like, this is where all the Muppet crap is, it doesn't mean it's like Muppet land. Yeah. It's just like, and they've recently added like a little bit of the Star Wars stuff, but we don't have the full area yet. Right. And I haven't been to Toy Story Land, so I don't know. Uh, like how immersive that is. But even then, that's just going to be like general toys for the most part. I don't right. think anybody's going to have like a religious experience about Toy Story Land. If you're a Toy Story fan and you did, that's cool. I'm glad that you did. Um, but that's like, I've always loved Islands of Adventure. I haven't been back in a long time because I've had some qualms with how they're running their park. Metal detectors. Yay. Way to suck the fun out. Um, <laughs> but the cool part about Islands of Adventure is that every part is like super immersive. Aside from the like, comic strip part which even then is very immersive but it's a little bit more general right and even the marvel area is kind of general but still it's made to look like a comic right. book but you have like jurassic park area looks like jurassic park and you have you know the harry potter land looks like harry potter stuff and you have you know like the mythic area looks like all the ancient stuff and, and you have Seuss world so like it's all these like super immersive areas and it, it'll be cool to see Disney really dive into that and be like, let's take an area and make it look like Moss Eisley. You know, make it look like you're walking around in an area where these characters would exist. Yeah. And they've started doing that. Like I said, they have the Avatar place. Again, who cares? But it's, <laughs> you know, it's cool to see them doing that where it's more like, it's less like general, like, this is Frontierland. These are the characters you can find in Frontierland go to town which is cool like they do a good job with it right but disney just has the funds and the imagineering section and stuff that i think if they really put it to like let's immerse people it could be freaking stellar and so i'm excited to see if they continue that and they grow that do that with other ips and stuff i um, agree just but i haven't watched the whole like video about these rides it's so I pretty cool i mean i got out. i got all I got all jittery and excited. You're gonna you're gonna have to take me and then just leave me in a corner for a while because I'm gonna have a moment and it's I'm gonna be no fun. Yes, it sucks. I get real excited about stuff. Sucks that I'm not gonna get to experience that for like two years. Yeah. Because I don't like crowds. We don't. (laughs) We try to go when it's a little Mm -hmm. less insane. I went to Harry Potter World during one of the busiest times during like Harry Potter event season when they had all the cast members in. And we couldn't even get in the first time we tried. Mm-hmm. And it was it was very sad. Yeah, very they sad. had a line going from Harry Potter World around through, like, the center Jurassic Park area all the way to, like, the front entrance. And it was, like, a four-hour wait to get into Harry Potter World. Just to get in. And Just to you, look at the inside. And then you'd get, like, corralled to areas that you could do. And there were waits at every area. And it was it was It was so stupid. bad. It Anywho. was so bad. Well, and then the only other thing I have to talk about is that the Deadly Class came out. Oh, okay, yeah, the yeah the pilot. Yeah. Episode, yeah, we checked that out. I enjoyed it. It was good. I admittedly have not read Deadly Class. I, I have know, not either. I know about it, um, but it's just one that I've never gotten around to picking up um, and catching up on. But my uninformed opinion is that it is very good. The, the pilot was very cinematically shot. Like, it was very well done in terms of direction and cinematography. Um, the characters all seem really fun. I like the, like, they don't take a long time getting you into the premise. They kind of yeah. just throw you in and let you swim. But it works. Like, you understand it. 
like it's jarring but you're right there with the main character and he's supposed to be feeling kind of a jarring experience so it works you know what i mean like you get yeah. in the halls of this school and you know there's a major tonal shift and stuff is like really dark and crazy and you're like okay yeah i get this I'm, yeah i'm down it felt very much to me like it was shot very similarly to the comic. I, I, again, also have not read the comic, but I think if I had read the comic, I would have almost felt less uh, jarred because mm-hmm. if I had to guess, there were scenes taken directly from it. And keeping that in mind, it was actually really helpful for me because I almost felt that it moved really fast. Like, it... You know, there's no waste. It is just boom, 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 next thing, next thing, next thing. And it was almost a little bit overwhelming, to be honest. In a 50, you know, 54-minute pilot, you you moved real fast. Yeah, a lot happened. Yeah, there was a lot of content. It's a lot to process in, like, an hour. But it it was really cool. The actors did a good job. Nobody fell flat. Like, nobody really felt like... Oh man, they must know somebody on the, on the production team. Yeah. Um. No, it was it was good, and the soundtrack is stellar. Oh really, my gosh, it's awesome. Really excited about that. There was sometimes where this is super nitpicky, and I don't even know why I'm bringing it up, but there was sometimes where people say things, and I'm like, that wasn't slang in the '80s. Um, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily alive a ton in the '80s, but I know <laughs> when slang came about, and some of that slang was like early millennium slang but anyway uh shut up chris (laughs) Uh, we'll forgive you yeah if that's the only thing i can pinpoint then hey but i love it i sci-fi is quickly becoming my like favorite spot for tv and i'm really pissed that i haven't caught much of the like new sci-fi stuff because i always just write it off as sci-fi but then like i love channel zero and i'm really enjoying this and I've seen, like, snippets of things like Happy and Krypton, and they look really good. And so I need to just, like, anything sci-fi does, I think I'm just going to dive in. Well, and isn't that new George R. R. Martin on sci-fi, too? Yeah, that weird, dark sci-fi one. The Night Flyers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah th- so, there's a lot on sci-fi. I, uh, yeah. Sci-fi's killing it right now. Sci-fi I mean, yes, they is... have their, their Sharknados. But, they, but it's funny because all these excellent TV shows are funded by their shitty movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> because true. they pump out a movie that sounds ridiculous and everyone watches it because of that. They've, in watch they've parties. Come, they've come to accept that that's what they do with movies. And even to the point where when you watch these movies, like we watched Trailer Park Shark the other day. And it was hilarious. Everyone knew they were in Trailer Park Shark. And everyone knew they weren't going to win an Oscar for being in Trailer Park Shark. But they were having a great time doing it. <laughs> And you they know, were getting their paycheck. Yeah, they don't care. They probably got paid for doing that. And sci-fi got paid for doing that. And they, f- you know, filter that money into doing excellent badass shows and buying up new IP that they can put out. And so I'm really excited. I need to watch. Tell you what I need to watch is the, I don't think it's a pilot. I think it's just a trailer for Umbrella Academy. Because I think that came out recently, and I haven't watched it. I, I have missed not it. It like it flew under the radar, but it's apparently it looks really cool. That's awesome. But yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving all these independent books, getting TV shows. Um, Netflix and, is about to become the Lar World. Yeah, and I I, <laughs> I loved it. I, I'm really excited to see where Deadly Class goes. I'm probably gonna watch every episode of that. I've already got it in my DVR, so. <laughs> I'm down. 
Well, continuing on the review and opinion train. Yep, and closing up the episode. Really quick episode. Sorry about that, but there just wasn't much going on this week. There were no books. Um, but we went out over the weekend and saw Aquaman. So we're going to talk about that. Y'all, it was delightful. A lot of, <laughs> you know, I went into it and I didn't think about it, but there was a lot of water in that movie. Sweet Lord. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea there would be yeah. so much water. Yeah, water in Aquaman. That's just, yeah, yeah. that's quite that's a bizarre. stretch. Yeah. DC's really pushing the envelope there. <laughs> no, what I liked about this movie, it had its, a lot happened in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. there was a ton in this movie. This was like two movies just shotgunned out of a, like, PVC pipe into your face. <laughs> and... It was it was good. I really enjoyed it. You can tell Jason Momoa just loves this role. And I love all the videos that come out of this. Like I watched a video the other day of him congratulating the kid who played young young yeah, Arthur. I believe we shared that on our Facebook. And um, you should check it out. It'll make your heart explode. It is explode. adorable. He like, "Oh, you were so good. Have you seen it yet?" and like stuff like that. So you can tell this guy loves this role. And you know, the acting was solid, the directing was solid, and it was cheesy, but like not in a bad way. I didn't hate the cheese. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. the like, call me Ocean Master stuff. And, you know, he goes and fights this sea monster. And it's all like really like epic and dramatic. And, you know, a lot of the times he'll go from being like fun, like party Aquaman to like really over the top dramatic Aquaman and stuff. But it, it I don't know. I think that needs to be DC's thing. I agree. Personally, I DC still trying to find their niche to an extent. Yeah. And they've, you know, tried the like dark gritty, let's continue what Christopher Nolan started thing. And they messed it up. And it didn't really work cuz it doesn't work for every character. It was like, real bad. Batman fine. Superman no, Quit not doing as much. That. And <laughs> subliminal, <laughs> subliminal message. Drink your oval team. Stop doing that to uh, characters. <laughs> and, you know, they've tried emulating the Marvel formula to varied success of, like, everyone's Tony Stark. But nobody wants to see that. And even Marvel had to learn that I the hard way. Th- I think they need to just accept that a lot of their characters have this really cheesy, still kind of stuck in the Silver Age appeal to them. But that's okay. You know, they need to make movies for people who want to see movies where they don't have to try to ground it in their real world. Yep. You know? And that's, a, like you said, like, or one of us said in a previous episode, Marvel's kind of doing pulling up from that now. You know what I mean? Like, with Doctor Strange and Thor Ragnarok, Thor getting, like, crazy lightning powers and, like, Captain Marvel coming in. They're kind of pulling up from that, like everything's kind of ground level and then like now all of a sudden there's all these like really high cosmic characters really cosmic stuff and they're they're accepting the weirdness of comic books to an extent because you know people will there will be people that will be like i just don't find this believable what she can shoot beams out of her hands Uh, but guess what guess what that's not who you're marketing these films to these films are for people who can accept that People suspend their disbelief and they go and see these movies, you know? It's true. And I mean, let's be honest. They have to look at 
what people are willing to accept. And people are willing to accept a lot when they go into a movie. They don't mind fantastical, ridiculous stuff. I mean, so many women are going into this simply to see Jason Momoa be shirtless for a lot of the time. They don't care what he's doing or who he's fighting or what it is. They just want him to be hot. And a lot of dudes are going into this movie because they want to see giant, ridiculous monsters that have no basis in reality. I like how you didn't default to Amber Heard in a tight green onesie. I have to have my standards. I like how you gave us the credit of the... You're like, I'm going to give dudes credit. I'm going to say... <laughs> they're going into this movie. Hmm. Giant crabs. Actually, believe it or not, that segues into something that I'm really happy about. Which is that it took Marvel a really, really, really long time to give the women in their movies the credit they deserve, in my opinion. Hmm. It took maybe until the first Avengers movie to see women properly represented doing what they should have done in an mm. independent fashion. DC has kind of come out the gate with it. And it's so awesome because in this movie, Atlanta and Mira are complete, utter badasses. Mm -hmm. They They are almost more epic than the men. I mean, you've got Orm and you've got, you know, Arthur and they're doing their thing or whatever. But realistically, if it weren't for like weird ocean law, Mira Atlanta could be running shit. Like Mm -hmm. they're epic and amazing. And I kind of hope that that comes up later because technically in the comics, Mira's like running Atlantis. Those darn weird ocean laws it's so it's they're excessive like i thought it was interesting because they talk about all these like ocean laws or whatever in the movie and they didn't just make that up like that's that's how the comics are too like it's so medieval they're so technologically advanced but it's so medieval i'm like what's (laughs) wrong with you guys stop it get some democracy but anyway i i think aquaman is definitely one you should go see it's a beautiful film, like it's very colorful, and all the like underwater stuff is really cool. Story isn't revolutionary, but it's good. Like you want him to win, uh, you want things to turn out right. Does it change the superhero genre? Maybe not. No, not really. Does it do it well? Yeah, does it fine. Soundtrack was a little weird. I comment on soundtrack a lot because soundtracks are important to me. So you'll hear me anytime I'm reviewing like TV shows and stuff, talk about the soundtrack. Soundtrack was weird. It was super weird. <laughs> there were some song choices. I was like, what's happening? Something would come um, on the screen and I'd just look at Chris and I, I don't I don't know why they chose that. But it I think doesn't it's, make sense. it's definitely one worth seeing in theaters. Um, oh, yeah. I would definitely catch it while it's in theaters. Like I said, it's beautiful. The visuals are Very stunning. colorful. It's very funny and very fun and lighthearted and kind of adorable. Like it, it's it's... It's an adorable superhero film. I think that's a yeah. good way to put it. Like, it's just generally kind of, you like... It's precious. You spend a lot of moments being like, aw. And then, like, when somebody does something really triumphant, you're like, aw, yay. You know what I mean? Like, you spend a lot of your yeah. time being like that. Um, it's leaving um, me really hyped for Shazam because I I'm think Shazam's going to follow Shazam. the exact yeah. same theme. Like, so. that same lighthearted... This is a superhero movie. Be prepared to watch a superhero mm-hmm. movie, and you're not going to leave the superhero movie thoroughly depressed. Everyone's giving him crap for, like, how puffy he looks in that. And I really hope it's not... Sometimes the fan base can, like, 
latch on to something. Like, people start talking really loudly about some nitpicky crap. And then it suddenly becomes cool to talk about that nitpicky crap. Like, a recent example is making fun of Rose in the recent, in uh, yeah. Last Jedi. And, um, you know, it just, it kills the credibility of the fan base, and it will shy people away from the movie. And what seems to be the topic of a lot of people is that he looks kind of puffy. You know, like, he looks like he was inflated. But at the same time, we're talking about, like, what, a 14, 15-year-old kid who was granted, like, Herculean powers? Yeah. And, like, he probably looked kind of puffy. If you, like, basically crammed Superman into a 14-year-old, he'd look kind of puffy. And yeah. so I think it's... Cause he's going to be a little swole. Leave him alone. You know, he's turning into what his teenage mind deems a super person would look like, essentially. And if you translate and, that from a comic book, comic yeah. book people are puffy. So I, I, I think it works. I, I like that his suit's really bright. I like that he's kind of, like, extra swole and puffy looking. I'm excited. I'm excited about Shazam. But I'm looking forward to it. Definitely go see Aquaman. I don't like doing reviews where I give like a numerical thing, but um, very good. It was, it was it was quite good. It was enjoyable. It's worth it. It's a lot. Be ready to see a lot. Oh yeah, it's it's a ton of movie. You're you're processing um, a lot. Do not. I would not recommend drinking any beer before that movie or during that movie because it's a longin and there's a lot of water. So if you don't want to leave, I lucked out because I didn't have a beer for that one, but I had a lot of like water and soda and I had seen an extended clip of one of the scenes. So like 15 minutes in, I had to pee and (laughs) I was like, I know that scene's coming up eventually. That scene was like an hour and a half into the movie, but when it came up, I was like, yeah, pee time. And so I went to pee, but... I went, like, three times. I'm sure I missed a bunch of stuff. It was <laughs> it still is, great. It is a longin'. It um, was still really good. But, yeah, g- get out and see it. I I highly recommend that one. Well, I think that's all for this week. Mm-hmm. Quick episode. We we plowed right on through. It's a short and... It's, it's the holiday break episode. Yeah. We're, we're letting y'all get back to your naps. We need to get back to our cookies. And naps. Fine. Yeah, nap time. It's All right, like, well, it's like eleven o'clock nap at this point is just sleep. Okay, <laughs> then let's do that. <laughs> uh, adult life, guys. I'm always tired, but I love you guys, and that's why we're here. Yay! Well, anyway, thank you for joining us. If you want more Cover B, follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Cover B Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can follow me and Chris on our Instagram, as always. Yes. Cats and cosplays galore. And stay tuned for next week for our probably a quite bit longer next episode. For the first episode of 2019. Oh, man. New year, new episode. Booyah. We'll, we'll see you guys next year. Oh, that's not cheesy at all. Hmm. I liked it. I thought it was a good closer. Now (laughs) now we've got all this extra crap at the end. What are we supposed to do? Say it again. See you guys next year. Bye, guys.